Hello, friends. Welcome to Trivia Over Tea, the quiz show podcast where we drink tea and play trivia. I'm your host, Matthew Cook, and I'm here virtually once again with our scorekeeper, Carter Zenke. How are you doing today, Carter? I'm doing so well. I'm super excited about this brand new dimension <laughs> bringing to the podcast. Now, yes, this is the first time that we're actually going to release uh, video evidence of trivia over tea. And we're very, very excited about that. And uh, we'd love some feedback on our video. So if you wouldn't mind leaving a comment or messaging us, you know, however you want to do that, um, we'd love to hear from you. So hopefully, hopefully we'll do okay. Um, and uh, we've got a very interesting episode here because I wanted to do a special episode for President's Day. And uh, as I may have mentioned on this podcast in the past, uh, presidential trivia is kind of an area of expertise for me. And so I thought, well, we could just make February 23rd a special president's uh, history themed episode. And so that's what we're going to do. And so we have two American history experts with us today. Uh, first, we have my brother. Mason. Hello, I'm Mason Cook. I'm his brother. I'm a question contributor and often scorekeeper on this podcast. And then I wrote its music. And I'm so happy to have more of my personal information on the internet. You know, I, I'm glad that they can now recognize my face and my voice and they can attach it to my character and all the various other things of me on the internet. Absolutely. We're all about putting personal information on the internet on this podcast. Well, thank you, Mason, for joining us today. And we also have Josh. I am I'm happy to be back. I'm glad to be back to beat Mason for a third time. So it's going to be really good. <laughs> we'll see if you can qualify for the Tournament of Champions in the process here. All righty. Well, as with all of our regular episodes, we'll have four rounds of questions today, each with a slightly different format. And so without further ado, Carter will explain the rules for round one. Well, round one, as you may be familiar, is consisting of five multiple choice questions for each of you. Um, the questions here are worth 10 points each, and if you get one right, you get those 10 points. All righty, Mason, you're up first. Are you ready? Of course I am. Okay, here we go. Question one. The executive branch is laid out in which article of the Constitution? A, Article 1, B, Article 2, or C, Article 3? That would be B, Article 2. That's correct. Article 1 lays out the legislature, so Congress, and... Uh, Article 3, the Judiciary, so the Supreme Court. Question 2. Who is the only U.S. president to be given the oath of office by his father? A. Chester Arthur, B. Theodore Roosevelt, or C. Calvin Coolidge? Uh, that'd be C. Calvin Coolidge. That's correct. Coolidge was at the family homestead in Plymouth Notch, Vermont, when he heard of the death of President Warren G. Harding. His father, Cal uh, John Calvin Coolidge Sr., administered the oath of office to him at around 2.30 a.m., on August 3rd, 1923. Question three, which of the following presidents did not attend West Point? A, Andrew Jackson, B, Ulysses S. Grant, or C, Dwight D. Eisenhower? Uh, that'd be A, Andrew Jackson. That's correct. The military academy was not founded until 1802 when Jackson was already 35. Question four, how many U.S. presidents owned slaves? A, eight. B, 12, or C, 16? i say A, A. Uh, actually, it was 12. Uh, Washington, Jefferson, Madison, Monroe, Jackson, Van Buren, William Henry Harrison, Tyler, Polk, Taylor, Andrew Johnson, and Grant. Question five. 
Which of Abraham Lincoln's sons was present at or nearby three presidential assassinations? A. Willie, B. Tad, or C. Robert? Uh, that'd be C. Robert. That's correct. He was at the White House at the time of his father's assassination and rushed to his deathbed at the Peterson House. In 1881, he was an eyewitness to the assassination of President James Garfield. And in 1901, he was standing outside the building where President William McKinley was assassinated when the shooting occurred. He later refused a social invitation from a president by saying, quote, no, I'm not going, and they'd better not ask me, because there is a certain fatality about presidential functions when I am present. I was going to say, I would, I would never invite that guy to anything I do. Yeah, don't invite Robert were... Todd Lincoln to your party. That's, that's rule number one here. Like, I'm sure, I'm sure he's a nice guy, but like the track record is not looking good. No, no. All righty, Josh, are you ready for your five questions? Yeah, let's go. Question one, which amendment to the U.S. Constitution deals with the presidential line of succession? A, the 23rd, B, the 24th, or C, the 25th? Oh, I'm going to say the 25th. That's correct. Uh, it was ratified in 1967. Question two, who was the last president who served in World War II? A, Jimmy Carter, B, Ronald Reagan, or C, George H.W. Bush? Uh, I think that's George H.W. Bush. That's correct. He enlisted in the Navy on his 18th birthday in 1942 and served in the Pacific. A total of seven U.S. presidents served in World War II. Question three, what first lady gave a televised tour of the White House following a period of historic renovation at the executive mansion? A, Mamie Eisenhower, B, Jacqueline Kennedy, or C, Lady Bird Johnson? I think that's uh, Jackie Kennedy. That's correct. When her family moved into the White House in 1961, Kennedy was dismayed by the lack of historical significance in the building. She led a $2 million restoration of the White House and provided the public a first glance inside the mansion on February 14, 1962 on CBS, accompanied by journalist Charles Collingwood. It was watched by 80 million viewers. Question four, which U.S. president later served as Chief Justice of the U.S. Supreme Court? A, John Quincy Adams, B, Benjamin Harrison, or C, William Howard Taft? I think I've gotten a question about Taft on this show before. I think it's Taft. Did you get the Taft questions last year? I think it was, so. It was his birthday at some point. Okay, well, you're correct. It is William Howard Taft. Uh, he is the only former president to be appointed to the court. And finally, question five. Which of the following 19th century presidents has a living grandson? A, John Tyler, B, James Polk, or C, Zachary Taylor? I think, I think it's Tyler. That's correct. Harrison Ruffin Tyler Sr. was born on November 9th, 1928. His father, Lion Gardner Tyler Sr., was born on August 24th, 1853. President Tyler was born on March 29th, 1790 and was president from 1841 to 1845. I believe the history department at William & Mary uh, is named after Lion Gardner Tyler, so. Oh, really? Interesting. That's yeah. not surprising. His, uh, the Tyler family um, plantation is not far from Williamsburg. All righty, that's the end of round one. So Carter, can you please give us a score update? Well, I'm putting myself out of job here, as everyone can clearly see. Mason has 40 points and Josh has 50 points. Did Mason not get them all right? Oh, no, he didn't. That's right. I'm sorry. I wasn't. Yeah, I'm paying attention. I swear. Okay. Gee, gee, thanks for rubbing that one in. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I... 
Before we get to the audience question, I once again have to issue a correction. This time it is a correction to the correction that we issued two weeks ago um, about the very controversial, apparently, element number 114, which is actually currently called flerovium. It used to be called ununquadium with the atomic symbol UUQ. However, it has since been renamed Fluorovium with atomic symbol FL. This was in relation to the question about what letters don't appear on the periodic table. And in fact, now that element 114 is called Fluorovium with FL being its symbol, Q no longer appears on the periodic table. So thank you to our chemistry question writer, Caitlin Fick, who wrote in to defend her question, and rightfully so. So anyway, there is no Q on the periodic table. End of story. But we appreciate everybody who uh, keeps an eye out for our mistakes, because they do happen from time to time. So anyway, now on to the audience question. If you'll recall, last week's question was, the Los Angeles Rams won Sunday's Super Bowl 23-20 over the Cincinnati Bengals. The franchise won their first Super Bowl in 2000 when they were in St. Louis with what Hall of Famer as their quarterback? And the answer to that, of course, is Kurt Warner, and he was named the MVP of Super Bowl 34. And thank you to Matthew Cheka, who once again wrote in with the correct answer. So remember, if you write in with the answer, we send you a sticker. So make sure you do that. And so for this week's question, we'll ask, on February 23rd, 1945, American photographer Joe Rosenthal took the Pulitzer Prize winning photograph, raising the flag on what? So send me your answers for a chance to win a sticker, and I will announce the correct answer next week. Alrighty, and now it is time for round two. So Carter, can you please explain the rules? Why, sure. In round two, you'll each get five open-ended questions, this time worth 20 points each. If you get one wrong, your opponent can answer for 10 points. Alrighty, Mason, your topic is presidents in film and TV. Are you ready? Uh, Okay, I'm ready. I'll take it. I'll take it. Okay. Question one. Ronald Reagan, of course, was a famous actor before entering politics. One of his earlier film appearances was in Knut Rockne, All-American, in which he played a football player at Notre Dame, dying of a fatal disease. And on his character's deathbed, um, Reagan says the famous line, quote, someday when the team's up against it, the brakes are beating the boys. Ask him to go in there with all they've got. Win just one for whom? This is a famous line. This is a famous line. Win just one for Canute? No. Josh, do you know? I think his nickname was the Gipper. So I'm going to say the right. Gipper. Yep. Win just one for the Gipper. Ronald Reagan was playing George Gipp in the film, and the nickname the Gipper followed him to the White House. The line was famously parodied in the film Airplane, win just one for the zipper, if you remember that. Question two. In 1983, what former president played himself in a cameo role in the primetime soap opera Dynasty? What was the year again? 1983. There's only a couple of presidents who were, a couple of former presidents who were alive at that point. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm going to say this was Carter. Uh, it was not Jimmy Carter. Josh? I think there's only two left, so I'll, I'll go with uh, Nixon. I was actually Ford. <sighs> yeah, uh, Betty Ford and Henry Kissinger also made cameo appearances in that same episode. Hmm. Question three. 
1994, Jimmy Carter appeared in an episode of What Sitcom, starring Tim Allen and Patricia Richardson. Uh, is this Home Improvement? That's correct. The episode The Eve of Construction involves Tim, Jill, and Al building homes for Habitat for Humanity. And of course, President Carter um, has been involved with the organization since 1984. At the end of the episode, Carter appeared on tape thanking Jill and Al for their hard work and polite, uh, politely sidestepping Tim's rushed job on his house. Question four. One of President Joe Biden's appearances on television was in 1993 as a clue giver in what children's game show based on the video game of the same name that, in part, aimed to teach kids geography? Oh, um, where in the world is Carmen Sandiego? That's correct. The show aired from 1991 to 1995 on PBS. And finally, question five. When he was vice president, Biden made two cameo appearances on what sitcom? Uh, Parks and Recreation. That's correct. The character Leslie Nope was obsessed with the then vice president, and the show predicted that Biden would be president in 2025, which is when his current term ends. All righty, Josh, your topic is presidential occupations before politics. So, are you ready? Yeah, that sounds interesting. Okay. Question one. Andrew Johnson notably had what occupation before entering politics and ran his business out of his home in Greenville, Tennessee? Uh, a distiller. No. Mason? Uh, which president was this? Uh, Andrew Johnson. Oh, um, okay, a tailor. Tailor shop. Yep, he was a tailor. Um, he later served in both houses of the Tennessee legislature, then as a congressman, the governor of Tennessee, and finally a U.S. senator before becoming Abraham Lincoln's vice president in 1865, just six weeks before Lincoln's assassination. Question two. What president served as the president of Princeton University? I think that would be Wilson. That's correct. He was the university's president from 1902 to 1910. Question three. What president was a peanut farmer? Uh, Carter. That's correct. Uh, he owns a farm in Plains, Georgia. Question four. What president never held an elected position before becoming president, but was an engineer and served in the cabinet as secretary of commerce? Oh, that's, uh, I think that's Hoover. That's correct. He was also head of the U.S. Food Administration, which oversaw rationing during World War I. And finally, uh, question five, president five, question five. What president also never held an elected position before his presidency, but was well-known across the country for his military leadership during the Mexican-American War? Um, this is not, not the type of presidents that I'm interested in. Um, uh, Pierce. No. Mason? Um, I want to say Buchanan. No. Uh, this was Zachary Taylor. Oh, <sighs> Yeah, he won the 1848 presidential election on a platform of very vague politics uh, policies and died 16 months later. Well, that's the end of round two. So Carter, can you please give us a score update? We have a close game with Mason at 110 and Josh at 120. All righty, now it is time for round three. So Carter, can you please explain the rules? Uh, yes, in round three, you will again get five open-ended questions, this time on different topics. Questions here are worth 30 points each, and if you get one wrong, your opponent can answer for 15 points. All righty, Mason, are you ready? Sure. 
Question one. Interstate 635 in the Dallas area is named for what president from Texas? Uh, Bush. No. Josh? Uh, LBJ? Yes, that's correct. It is the Lyndon B. Johnson Freeway. Question two. From 1967 to 1971, Barack Obama lived in what Southeast Asian nation? Oh, uh, Indonesia. That's correct. His mother, Ann Dunham, married Lolo Sotero, who was Indonesian, in 1966. And in 1971, Obama moved back to Honolulu to live with his grandparents. Question three. Then future President George W. Bush owned what baseball team from 1989 to 1994? Uh, the Texas Rangers. That's correct. He left his position with the team when he was elected governor of Texas in 1994 and sold his stake in 1998. Question four. Due to national unity following the War of 1812 and the collapse of the Federalist Party, President James Monroe's time in office is often referred to as the era of what? Good feelings. That's correct. 1820 was the last presidential election in which a candidate, Monroe, ran unopposed. And finally, question five. Who was the only president that got married in the White House? Grover Cleveland. That's correct. President Cleveland and Francis Folsom were married in the Blue Room of the White House on June 2nd, 1886. At the time, the president was 49 years old and Francis was 21. Ugh. Yeah. <clears throat> Josh, are you ready for your five questions? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Question one. What president signed the Federal Aid Highway Act that authorized the construction of the interstate highway system? I think that's Eisenhower. That's correct. Um, the full title is the Federal Aid Highway Act of 1956, but um, I, of course, couldn't say that because you know that automatically that was Eisenhower. Um, and that's why it's called the Dwight D. Eisenhower National System of Interstate and Defense Highways. Question two. What future U.S. president defended British soldiers accused of murder in the Boston Massacre? Mm. <laughs> um, John Adams. That's correct. And of the eight soldiers he defended, six were acquitted and two were found guilty of manslaughter and sentenced to branding on their hand. Question three. During his presidency, Richard Nixon, Nixon's actions to improve relations with China and the Soviet Union can be described um, as what policy? Uh, can you repeat the question? Yeah. During his presidency, Richard Nixon's actions to improve relations with China and the Soviet Union can, be, can best be described by what foreign policy? Is that detente? That's correct, meaning an easing of relations. And in 1972, Nixon became the first sitting U.S. president to visit the People's Republic of China. Question four. The election of Rutherford B. Hayes led to a compromise which ended what era in American history? Reconstruction. That's correct. This was the result of the extremely close election of 1876 in which Hayes was awarded the presidency over Democrat Samuel J. Tilden on the condition that he removed the remaining federal troops from the South that had been there since the end of the Civil War. This allowed, quote unquote, redeemer Democrats to take control in Southern states and soon led to the disenfranchisement of African-Americans and the start of the Jim Crow era. And finally, question five. What president was a senator from Missouri and vice president before becoming president? Truman. That's correct. Uh, Harry S. Truman lived in Independence, Missouri, near Kansas City.
And one of his nicknames was the man from independence. Alrighty, that's the end of round three. So Carter, can you please give us a score update? A bit of a breakaway here with Mason at 230 and Josh at 285. Still got one more round to go here, and that is round four. So, Carter, can you please explain the rules? Round four is our showdown, in which you'll each get three questions worth 40 points each. We'll ask you to write down your answers or otherwise make note of them as we reveal your answers about the same time. All righty, Mason, Josh, are you ready? Okay, I'll take that as a yes. Yes. Yeah. Question yes. one. Who was the only president to be given the oath of office by a woman? Josh looks like he has an answer. Okay. Mason, what's your answer? Reagan. Josh? LBJ. LBJ. Yes. Uh, on November 22nd, 1963, aboard Air Force One, Sarah Hughes, judge of the U.S. District Court for the Northern District of Texas, administered the oath of office to President Johnson following the assassination of President Kennedy earlier that afternoon. She had been appointed to the post by Kennedy just two years earlier. Question two. William Lee, or Billy Lee, as he was commonly called, was an enslaved man who was the personal valet to what president? Okay, Mason. Grant. Okay, Josh. Jackson. Uh, this was actually George Washington. Uh, oh. From nineteen, from nineteen, from seventeen sixty-eight until Washington's death in seventeen ninety-nine, William Lee worked closely with Washington, including riding alongside him in battle during the Revolutionary War and joining his household staff during his administration. Historian Fritz Hirschfeld wrote, quote, Lee would have had an honored place in American history because of his close proximity to George Washington during the most exciting periods of his career. But because he was a black servant, a humble slave, he has been virtually ignored by both black and white historians and biographers, end quote. And finally, question three. Who was the only president who also served as Speaker of the U.S. House of Representatives? One of my favorite bits of trivia. Okay, Mason, do you have an Polk. answer? Polk. Polk. Josh? McKinley? It was James K. Polk. Yes. He was Speaker of the House from 1835 to 1839 when he left the House to run for Governor of Tennessee, which he won. So he went from Speaker of the House to Governor of Tennessee? Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Interesting. Yeah. And then he was only Governor, I think, for two years. And then he lost the, the he lost re-election and then um, eventually ran for president in 1844 and won despite the fact that like nobody knew who he was. So interesting. Yeah. Only speaker of the house who later became president, James K. Polk. Well, that's the end of the game. So Carter, can you please give us the final score? We have Mason with 270 points and Josh with 325 points. Well, congratulations, Josh. You have won once again. Do you have anything that you would like to say? Next time I'm on, I'm hoping for an Anne of Cleves themed episode. Ah, we can make that happen. Mason, no. are you down? I'm, um, well, I don't think Josh would actually do that well on that. So maybe. Yeah. I didn't get any of the bounce backs <laughs> when you got those questions, Mason. So that's probably true. wouldn't do very well. I'm, I'm still waiting for the right moment to be able to, to drag those out again. Um, but both of you know them, so I can't use them on you. So I need, I need someone else who's really good at history. Also, can we admire how Matthew included a video game question in this packet? I think I, that's the 
Aren't you proud First of me? First time Mason? he's done that. Yeah. <laughs> Aren't you proud of me? And not only that, but it it was one that uh is both somehow very obscure but very well known. Like that's impressive. Thank you. Thank you. I'm very proud of myself. For that. <laughs> did did you know that Joe Biden had been on an episode of Where in the World is Carmen? I, uh, San no. No, I I I hadn't actually. Um if you go on YouTube um and search Joe Biden Where in the World is Carmen San Diego. Um he actually talks about it with Seth Meyers. This was back in like 2019 um, on, on Seth Meyers' show. And they play a little clip of Joe Biden, then a senator, uh, giving the clue. So hmm. worth the watch. All righty. Well, that's our show for this week, folks. Thank you, Mason and Josh, for being on the show today, as well as Carter Zanke for being our scorekeeper and Mason Cook for composing the music. And today's questions, all of them, all 33 of them were written by me. And thank you for listening and watching. Please like and subscribe to Trivia Over Tea on your preferred podcast platform as well as on YouTube. And leave us a review if you enjoyed it. Check out our Facebook and Instagram pages at Trivia Over Tea as well as our Twitter account, also at Trivia Over Tea. Feel free to message us on any of these platforms if you have any comments or suggestions regarding the show. And tune in next week when we'll have two new contestants and 33 more fantastic questions. Thank you. See you next week. Bye.